This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Hi Rich, how's it going? Ah, it's very good, thank you. It's been a while. How have your travels treated you? I hope splendidly. It has been a while. I would say uh, probably the main thing that's held me back from being on since the season has been a a rotten cold that I had after Port Vale. Mm. Uh, You know, we we can call it a cold, maybe just sadness in my heart. Uh, and then, yeah, holiday again. Uh, that was that that was much a much happier reason to not be on the podcast um, and to be listening uh, with bated breath when everyone was released, um, hoping that there was going to be some news about Swindon Town. Um, in vain. Yeah. How much of your travels were ruined by insisting on quick updates to see if anything was happening, but indeed nothing was? The whole thing. It was completely ah. pointless. I think Swindon ruined my summer. Um, I will take a free season ticket, maybe some merchandise mm-hmm. from the club mm-hmm. shop, um, and you know maybe just a place in the squad uh, as recompense for my ruined holiday. Yeah, um, you went to a festival. Uh, how many sets were ruined? 
All of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, the the worst, the low part point of that festival was um, meeting a Port Vale fan uh, um, who uh, was so excited to meet a Swindon fan. Uh, um, and it was like a friend of a friend of a friend. So I couldn't even uh, kind of not mention the fact that I'm a Swindon fan. So there's nothing visible um, other than the, the sadness in my heart mm. um, that would mark me out as a Swindon fan. Um, but yeah, because uh, his friend knew that I was, um, it, yeah, definitely. It became about half an hour of chat about Harry McCurdy, which I, I could have avoided. But you know, I'm stronger for having experienced that. Any any discussions about Staffordshire Police? Uh, I just thought it was best to leave that. To be honest, that's their mentality too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that is so so true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was told by him that Swindon fans started it as far as he was concerned. But uh, yeah, I just yeah. thought, you know, I what let let's not go into yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's like. I was just like, well, the music's nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so there we go. Hooray for music. Okay, let's talk Swindon Town Football Club. Hey, new kits. New kits. So they had been doing teasers for the last week or so. I don't know. And the vibe was very much two different eras. So for the home kit, they were pushing 93, 94. And for the away kit, they were pushing that early 90s, 1991, 89, 90 white kit. What we have got... I quite like them, other than the fact it's Puma, um, and Puma be Puma. The pattern for the home kit is looks near identical to the 93-94, and that is pretty much it. No no white collar. In fact, a, a very Manchester United-esque black sort of trim in there. But the sponsor looks good, and, well, the white is very simple, very 1950s West Germany. <laughs> But I, I quite like both of them, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I guess the issue that we've got discussing this is that neither of us are, you know, big on the fashion of football. I mean, maybe not big is the wrong <laughs> word, but I, in terms of like the technical points, I'd struggle to talk everyone through them. I can say what I personally like and what I personally dislike. Um, but that's that's what I probably about it. But that, and, and that's what we're here for. So um, in terms of the home kit, I think it's really, really nice. Um If I'm not mistaken, isn't the black thing kind of a nod to not that era of Swindon history, but a different era of Swindon history. Yeah, it's a nod to the first ever kit, I imagine, which was which was red and black. But it was it wasn't promoted. It was ninety three, ninety four solely. Well, I, I guess they didn't have video clips uh, of eighteen seventy. Shame on them. Shame was, on yeah. them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you you can't you really can't blame them. Um, but that that would have been. Imagine if they did like Charlie Chaplin style. I know that's the complete wrong era, but imagine that kind of silent movie of Swindon scoring. A goal in one of those early games. Uh, I digress. But yeah, I, I mean, I really like it. I like a bit of a Zania pattern. Uh, that's, I don't know if you'd call it Zania. I guess uh, we kind of already had a bit of a homage to that kit in the, the one in the title season a few years ago. It did kind of have the, the swells before, but I think this is a much nicer done one than that. So Agreed. Um, I look forward to getting my mittens on that. Uh, with the away kit, um, they definitely, it looks absolutely nothing like the kit that they've said inspires it. Um, it looks like the 1415 away kit. So, um, you know, woven into our history, we should have been seeing Michael Smith, uh, and, uh, Nathan Byrne and, and all that lot, um, doing their stuff. Um, but in, instead, you know, uh, we've kind of been, I was hoping for a train track collar, like back in the, that late eighties, early nineties kit. Um, it's not happened. It's not materialized, Rich, but. You know, it's fine. I look forward to actually seeing it in person because it's one of those ones where 
if the quality of the shirt is really nice, it would be a really nice shirt to have. Um, if it's the same kind of quality as a lot of the Swindon away shirts I've had in the Puma era, um, I'm not going near it. Uh, I like both of them um, from what I can see. I like simplicity. So the the white shirt doesn't offend me in the slightest. The issue is Puma and, and Puma's record, as you quite rightly point out. But that, that contract is coming to an end, that obscenely long one. Thanks, previous owners. But I like them. A little bit of effort in there, which is really nice. The swirls is a nice touch. So, yeah, well done then. Good stuff. Um, the, the most important thing from this photo shoot are the people involved in the modelling, without a shadow of a doubt. To see Lou Reed in there, Ellis Iandolo, Johnny Williams and Ben Gladwin. You, you, you don't leave unless... Right. Unless... No, it would be gloriously Swindon if neither, none of the four of them <laughs> have Swindon yeah. players on the opening day of the season. <laughs> uh, so let's just not say anything on that topic, Rich. I, I don't want to say, oh yeah, at least that means those four are going to be here when uh, we, mm-hmm. you and I both know uh, what's yeah. woven into the history, into the fabric of this club um, is yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah, the Boca Juniors kit was modelled by Risa and, um, and Alan Connell. Well, they'd certainly modelled the 2012-13 kits and didn't go near them. But let's let's say that that era that that was always going to be a dice roll. Whoever was wearing the shirts that season, the way they were fast and loose with getting rid of players. But yeah, lovely. There we kits. We move on. Right. We still don't have a manager. It must be close to coming to an end now. Off the top of my head, I think we are now the only team in League Two without a manager. Shall we look at the uh, the always hilarious next manager odds? Uh, I think we should. Can we just, before we do that, just like reflect on the fact that we've been talking about new manager stuff for like three weeks now. And it, it's kind of frustrating because because the Bengana stuff went on for so long, uh, I guess what the club could do was kind of limited. So it, it feels like we shouldn't be look, looking for a manager still. But then obviously like probably the time in which they could have actually done something is is actually not that long. Uh, so I'm at the point of like being very bored of talking about new manager stuff uh, and just want it to be done. Uh, but, you know, I'm an impatient football fan. So um, let's, let's uh, the, the, the betting odds have just been the weirdest thing to follow, <laughs> especially when you're kind of dipping in and out while on holiday. Uh, it like every time I looked at them, they were just so weird. Uh, and I don't even know what they are now because I've just given up. <laughs> Yeah, and th- they are not to be taken seriously. We're in, we're four weeks in from the, the the leak that Ghana was off to Charlton, so I guess those two weeks where he wasn't officially unveiled, two or three weeks, makes it feel longer. But you know, Swindon were were hunting for a manager before that came to its conclusion. So it is essentially a four week search that we know of and it might have been a few days longer than that too depending on when the first approach or when the when the accepted approach came in so it's gone on for a long time I mean as long as it's the right guy you know what will be will be I don't think it's going to be as detrimental to us as people think after last season is just you know shows you that you can do very well on a very short amount of time and it's not the same as last year at all but the 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 bet victor odds have been sensationally insane and you you got this feeling over the last 3 weeks of these waves of text messages behind the scenes where people have just said Andrew Crofts and then everyone's piled in Matt Taylor which one doesn't matter both <laughs> you know you know Sol Campbell you know Simon Rusk 
they've, they've all <laughs> some of those names just, just genuinely not people i i don't believe I, I i reckon you could just like name generator right what's a common first name i don't know francis uh last last name let's just think of a place uh i don't know um marlborough it go in at four to one if you if you request the bet uh so uh, i mean it's crazy isn't it um i yeah it it, it Really, like, just seeing, like, a little seed planted on social media or on a forum or something like that in the morning and then following where the betting goes uh, later on in the day, I think it, 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 it's um, it's definitely not one of those ones where you, you look at the, the, the person, the people that are sort of high up and think there must definitely be something in this because uh, that doesn't seem to be um, what's happening, I guess. Well, the way it's going at the moment, there has been a little bit change. It was a much quieter 24 hours in Betvitterland. Matt Taylor, still 16 to 1, both of them. Um, you know, that that's fading away now. Andrew Crofts, I think, personally, was legitimate. I think that one was close, or at least conversations were had 12 to 1 now. Paul Caddis, 10 to 1. Michael Carrick, still clinging in, 10 to 1. Paolo De Canio has emerged interestingly enough uh, people wasting their money with eight to one odds ryan mason strikes me as a pipe dream eight to one and then the big two one that although the name had been mentioned on social media quite a lot in the last three weeks only arrived in the in the betting market in the last few days that's former swindon town assistant manager fabrizio picaretta who's at four to one um, and then Mark Delaney, who's always been up there, top three or four throughout the whole thing, is now the favourite to be Swindon Town manager at three to one. So Fabrizio Picaretta and Mark Delaney are the current favourites for this farcical betting <laughs> market at the moment. Well, the thing is, you say that, but by the time this episode comes out in a few hours after we've had this conversation, like yep. someone could have made up a rumour and they're four to one now or, fa- or odds on favourite. Um, someone could have made up a name like I suggested earlier uh, th- there could actually also be like a legitimate link that someone's heard of somewhere it's somehow made its way out people have bet on and this time it's the right one um, so I guess we just don't know um, I would be quite happy with either of those if like there is weight in either of those things to be to be quite honest um, I think we've been de- like debating quite a lot over the last few weeks like whether we want like a romantic appointment or a like one that's uh, with this new data-driven approach that the club are kind of um, blowing the trumpet about um, or whether you go yeah go down any different kind of avenue and I, I feel like the more I think about it I just I want one that makes me happy and I feel like Fabrizio Picaretta being manager of Swindon would make me happy so I, I, I'd be pretty happy with that. Mark Delaney I see a lot of the reasons why I would um, sort of want to do that and like it's it's kind of it's kind of a mixture of different approaches in terms of like he's a name uh he's got all of the caps that you want for your sort of your, your um, table rich um I mean I, I say a name it's just it's a player that I recognize the name of from watching the Premier League as a child um and you know what more can you really ask for it sounds sounds like he's got a reputable coaching career um you know I'll be happy with any of them um I'm sure whoever it is, they they might not might not even be on the list of odds, but um, I think basically, it, I I I don't care anymore. I just want to see who it is so that I can work out what I think, uh, because usually I am wrong um, about what manager is going to be like beforehand. I think the only manager that I've kind of been 
sort of right about not wanting is John Sheridan. Um, I've usually had a negative opinion um, about a manager coming in and then they've sort of surprised me, um, like Garner and Wellens um, did before. Um, so, yeah, like ultimately that's the kind of manager I'd want. Um, but, you know, finding one of those is definitely a lot easier said than done. I think I'm with you where now I'm kind of numb to it. We record a podcast and we talk about it and we, we want to be as optimistic that as we can. And I think generally I will be and whoever gets it will get my full support, but I just kind of want it done now. But I also want them to appoint the right person that's right for the football club as according to them. So I don't want us to just go, I'll sod it. Let's oh, go with yeah. this guy. My attitude like definitely is not what the club should be doing. The club should be just like <laughs> ignoring what I think, and, like the whims of me just being bored at work and l- looking at my phone. Like, oh, I hope there's a new manager. Cause I just want to imagine the great times the next season. Like obviously they should just, like work through, find the best person. If that takes a little bit more time than than we would want, um, then that's how it goes. And I, I think it's interesting that you said, like, even if we don't bring a, ma- a manager in um, in the next couple of days, it, it's not going to be a situation like last season, um, or hopefully it won't be anyway. Um, I, I mean, I think there are some negatives to. I think a lot, yes. yeah, like I say, there are some negatives to it, but like obviously a lot of the negatives from last season were like it was such a short preseason. And you would imagine, well, I say you'd imagine, like almost certainly we'll be able to start preseason even if we don't have a manager because there's coaching staff and uh, people employed by the club to start that. And I, I guess the problem, the main problem last time, aside from having such a tiny squad, which to some extent we, I guess we will have if we aren't able to sign players. Um, we're not going to be pushing back the preseason date multiple times and people not knowing if they're getting paid and stuff. And I feel, I feel like that that definitely just makes it very, very different. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I, f- I think on the um, official supporters club, um, Steve Hale um, on, on that on the Monday night stream that they do made a really good point that the first couple of days of preseason anywhere, just fitness, te- fitness tests and stuff like that. So um, even if it's a case of middle of next week, we find out someone. It'd be annoying for me because I just I'll be refreshing my phone all weekend. But <laughs> then, hopefully, in terms of like footballing going in the right direction, um, hopefully that's not going to affect us too much. But again, I don't know. This is all like hypotheses in my head. I I just th- this managerial hunt, Rich, is driving me crazy. I don't know. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> it, well, it definitely doesn't come off like that on the. Part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, all fair points. You want to go into any preseason with a stable management structure and a stable uh, squad. And yeah, sure, that could be much, much better. But it doesn't have that same feel of um, of scattergun um, that we had previously. But, you know, there will come a time where like players who are hovering around contracts are going to walk away. We've been told that there are players you know, waiting in the wings potentially, and they will wonder whether they should take the contracts elsewhere. So, you know, the clock is ticking to a degree, but I'm not I'm not panicking and I'm not sort of stressing about it. I am checking my phone for updates. Of course I am. We all are. In terms of the manager itself, if I was, you know, to pick between Fabrizio and Mark Delaney, I think based on what we know they want, it's got to be Mark Delaney. You know, his his experience, 14 years of experience in the Aston Villa Academy system. There's going to be plenty of contacts. Um, I think that is what they want. It's just not the younger sort of version of that that many clubs are going for at the moment because, of course, Mark Delaney is in his mid-40s, which isn't, you know, a crime or anything. But everyone, the, the leagues seem to be going for those mid-30s guys at the moment, don't they? Um, Wikipedia 
page. He looks remarkably like the brother of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Which is yeah. big time. I was about to say the same thing. Which, so Which is which is the hottest take I think I can take from him. You know, I remember him as just, you know, a steady Premier League era footballer and played a lot of times for his for his country, which, you know, for my little stats is is a good take. But I think we can do a lot worse. Um, but what I do feel for, and this is based on what you were saying, is you know there are some negatives because of how well we did last year under very little time. That will be measured with how the new guy copes with it too. So if we don't, you know, hit the ground running, people will be comparing it to last season, and questions will be raised. And that isn't a crime. That's just the way football fans work, isn't it? So it's going to be an interesting summer. I'm just looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to Melksham. Take me to Melksham and make sure it's sunny, please. Yeah, I can't wait to actually see some Swindon games um, happen. Um, I'm looking forward to watching preseason friendlies, not in training kits. That'd be nice. Uh, I mean, yeah, just a lot of things to look forward to. And I think just that that sort of silly few weeks where you're getting contract announcements and player announcements um, every couple of days, and there's always always seems to be something happening. You start seeing your fixture list, you start seeing um, cup draws and all that kind of stuff. Um, I want that excitement, and I I just feel like without a manager, it's kind of that that's one is stopping some of that from happening. Obviously, not they're not going to delay the fixtures from coming out until we've got a manager in situ. That it's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it it's gonna it's gonna be a huge staging post on like being able to like palpably start looking forward to the next season. I guess that's what I want. So um, yeah, looking forward to finding out whoever it is, whenever it is. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that my impatience has uh, absolutely no outcome on the decision because I, I don't know if I could live with a, a panic appointment that I've brought about with my own impatience. Yeah, it's going to be really weird when somebody is appointed that was never on the Betvita list, isn't it? It's going to be it's going to be like I'm going to be have to sort of readjust my brain when Mark Delaney isn't appointed. I think <laughs> I made my peace with the fact that it'd be Mark Delaney a good week or so ago because even if he wasn't favourite, he was third or fourth, which usually means there might be a little bit of truth to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're you're probably right. It will like trying to work out how I feel about everything is going to take uh, at least a few days, um, <laughs> given all of the thoughts and feelings that we've had over the last three weeks or so. So, yeah, I I, I can't wait. Uh, to to find it all out and like I say it'll be interesting to see how last season has an impact on how we go into this season just in the sense that um, I think a lot of the caveats that we put on some of the negative stuff footballing wise last season in terms of like if we came short at any point won't apply this time Um, but obviously we might be kind of creating a couple of uh, difficulties for ourselves just in terms of um, if if we lose key players just because they're or, or potential key players as signings just because they're they're not prepared to wait around, but um, this is all just like yeah, the impatient fan brain, and uh, I'm sure it will all be fine. And like you say, preseason is 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 not far away, so um, there is there are things to look forward to, and we will have podcast material even if a manager is not appointed, <laughs> which I was concerned oh, about going into this. We always do have something to talk about. In terms of elsewhere in league, as I said before, all the other managerial vacancies have been filled. Hartlepool doing Hartlepool things by recruiting Paul Hartley, um, <laughs> which which is incredible, really, considering they had Paul and Hartley playing for them, and now they've got a manager called Paul Hartley. Well done, them. Um, quite the gimmick. In terms of signings, though, 
And again, this is why I'm reassured. So many teams in League Two right now have either no signings or one, two maximum, which can be remedied in one good day for Swindon. And we know there's a head of recruitment. We know there's a technical director. And it's almost certain that there are players waiting to sign on the dotted line and they're just waiting to see who the new manager is. So, you know, it's not like, I mean, Bradford are at the moment on a silly number of six. And there are two sides of that argument, aren't there? That fans of team signing players like Bradford and Stevenage and Crew and Newport, they'll be saying, you know, we're building our squad early. They all report to training. The core will be there. Brilliant. But we all know there's the other side and the other side are either flapping wildly saying signs and players or they're comforted by the fact that it's pretty much common knowledge that the best free agents tend to move around later because they're waiting for their high-end League One gig and then slowly but surely those contracts aren't being offered so they'll they'll settle for a League Two gig and you want those sort of players. And also, of course, the loan market, you get your best players nearer to the end too. So although you want the core of your squad built in time for the new season, we all know it's not or it's not the end of the world if you don't sign six players before July, etc. Yeah, I think to be honest, there's there's obviously no ideal approach because you can There really is as, as long as you have a squad for the opening day of the season that's good, you should hopefully by a couple of weeks in just be up to the same kind of speed as you would have been had everyone been in there in the building on day one. I think like you say there, there is an element of most clubs have to wait for some of their targets because they're not all going to be there on day dot, um, which is definitely true. Um, I think as well, like I know that I think the, the window is officially open, but a lot of contracts and stuff will be running until the end of this month. So probably it's it's once you get to the end of June, where I guess probably the fact that people will actually be out of contract within days and not, not receiving a paycheck for July will probably then start to focus minds as well. And then the, even the players that are kind of um, not, you know, maybe maybe have got a contract from their club and then are deciding whether to move on. Like they, they don't need to decide until a little bit later. So um, it's not massively concerning. I think the other thing to be said is um, if you get your business done really early, obviously that's really good at the start of pre-season. But I do think there's something to be said morale-wise and just excitement-wise amongst the fan base for just having that like slow drip throughout the summer uh, of building momentum towards the season. Um, I think if, if you look at a couple of our very successful summers, um, the, the Welland summer, I would say last summer in the end turned out to be a really successful summer. Um, we just kind of kept adding players um, as and when up until the deadline at the end of August um, and, and both of those seasons kind of turned out really well and I think probably just I mean partly we had just assembled a good team on the open day at Scunthorpe and played a bad team on the open day at Scunthorpe last year um, but um, I feel like it definitely helped like just having that level of excitement of there were a couple of weeks where we were just announcing a player here a player there uh, and Surely, like just something small like that, just must create a good feeling, which then transmits the pitch or the stands in some way. I don't know, but um, yeah, like, like basically, like we said, there, there's no way, ideal way of doing it, and I think the the key thing is just, however, we need to get the right players in is the right way to do it. Absolutely, the, the, I think the thing that I'm sort of sort of mentally struggling with, and that's not the right term as well. Like in my mind, historically, we are coming to the end of that 
radio silence traditionally in the summer where the playoff final ends and then everyone goes on holiday and it's traditionally nothing. A couple of free transfers dotted around the EFL, but that's your lot. And then they come back, report to training, and then it picks up nearer to the end of June. But because we're starting and a week or so earlier this year, we really should be seeing a little bit more movement now. But I, I'm still in that time zone of like, this is normal not to not to have anyone sort of lined up publicly, as opposed to having someone lined up in the background. In terms of Swindon players that we're hoping to keep hold of, you know, we've not had any contract confirmations on the players that have been offered terms and and we're hoping to see them next season. And that is something I would have liked to have seen during the last couple of weeks. And we're still waiting on Baudry Egbo, Harry Parsons, Odomeo, Payne, Jojo. And we'll, we don't know whether there were talks with Rob Hunt or not, but they say they remain in. I, I'm sort of putting myself in a, in a situation where I think best case scenario, 50% of those players stay. But you never know. Yeah, I would like all of them to stay. I don't know if all yep. of them will. Um, it would just, it'd be nice to keep as many of them as possible is I guess my honest and sincere take on the subject, even if it's a little bit of a boring one. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I guess I can't blame them for waiting to see what the option of of staying at Swindon is just because I guess there is a material change, um, about like what being at Swindon will be like next season, depending on who the manager is. I I know that we're going to kind of have a consistent approach, um, at least sort of um, Sandra Di Michele has said that we're going to have a consistent approach with last season and hopefully all of the managers that they're considering would have the same kind of consistent approach. Um, but especially in like having had a season where it, like a, a manager seems, seems to got the right things out of personalities of players in terms of especially Garner's man management of McCurdy. If I was one of those players, I probably would just be trying to think, I just want to like meet the guy before I sign the contract to play for him. Uh, even if that, you know, as a fan of a club where you want them to be fully committed to the club and not the manager, um, maybe doesn't feel like the right thing. So um, I'm sure it's just like little things like that. And like a lot of them do want to stay and just want to, you know, get, j- just want to sort of have that final hurdle removed of like the nagging doubt of, of what it might be like if, uh, the the managerial appointment is wrong because also a lot of them played under John Sheridan, so <laughs> they they've seen what can can happen when you have a bad manager. So uh, yeah, it is what it is. I I hope that they stay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I guess the the comforting thing with the lack of manager, not not with the lack of manager, but despite the lack of manager, is that because it seems that although the manager will be included in recruitment, he's not the be all and end all of the recruitment. Is things can still be in motion behind the scenes and just put into play as and when he's in the building um so yeah as you mentioned earlier in the podcast but that might mean that we miss out on a couple of players it might mean a couple of players contracted don't stay just because of the delay and it's a bit of messing about for them i don't know um this is all just like guessing and stuff like obviously it, they, they might just be thinking in very very different ways to how i'd imagine a footballer might think um but <sighs> Ultimately, like as long as they're kind of looking at the same kind of players, um, then hopefully by the time we get to the season, the squad is as good as it would have been if you know this week we'd begun making signings and contract announcements. So it is what it is. So, uh, so a final point before we go, um, and that's in relation to 
players who could leave, contracted players who could leave the club. Of course, I have uh, jinxed four players for modelling the new kit. Yeah, they're all gone. They're all gone. Um, What about other players? You know, it's not really something to measure anything by, but Harry McCurdy hasn't posted on social media since the start of the month. So almost two weeks, I think, since since he posted something, which is very, very rare for him. Not that I'm saying that could be a reason. You know, McCurdy was well looked after by Ghana. Ghana's gone. Do you envisage any players leaving? Uh, I, I think I don't think that there's any hint that anyone will go, but I, I do think that if people come with a good offer for players at our level, um, that you like the club will have to listen just because you know. If someone's offering a lot of money for Harry McCurdy, he's got one year left on his contract, then at some point the money involved will become more important than like his individual contribution to the team. Uh, so I'm sure it could possibly happen. I'm not particularly stressed about it happening. Um, I would like it not to happen with any of the contracted players, really, just because that's like more turnover than uh, we already necessarily will have by having released a lot of the squad and some of the players that have been offered contracts that are out of contract might still leave. Um, but, you know, if it happens, it's not the end of the world at the, at the end of the day, especially um, if they do kind of get the right price for them. So I guess we can, we can only wait and see. And we're only going to be confident about this at the end of August, start of September, aren't we? So <laughs> um, let's, let's try not to worry about it too much on the 15th of June. Well, est, quad est, it is what it is. We're all off to buy new shirts and bucket hats. Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.